hard time, bring somebody with you. Uh, both those Sundays, but in particular uh, the Sunday that Deanna's going to be here. Uh, I promise you, uh, you won't regret hearing um, her story. All right, now, you may regret what I'm about to talk about. I told you two weeks ago uh, that I was going to, uh, today, was going to address uh, the issue of, uh, of, uh, of critical race theory. Uh, many of you have probably uh, never heard uh, of that theory, of that uh, statement, uh, but I'll promise you, uh, you will. Uh, I'll promise you that you will be uh, affected by it. Uh, it is, in my opinion, it is the evolution theory uh, of our day. Um, and I say that because uh, when evolution uh, began to be discussed and taught, uh, it has the potential uh, to undermine everything we believe in. And uh, that, that's why I'm such a, uh, a staunch opponent of the idea of evolution. It doesn't, uh, there, there's no room for, that, for evolution uh, because evolution undermines the first few chapters of the book of Genesis. Uh, it undermines the, uh, the creation story uh, that we have recorded for us uh, in Scripture. And once you undermine the first few chapters of the book of Genesis, uh, then you have undermined the entire Bible. If the first few chapters of the creation story uh, are, uh, are undermined and they are incorrect, uh, if the first four chapters of Genesis are wrong then the next four chapters might be wrong. And if the first eight are wrong, then the next four may be wrong. And if the story of creation is wrong, uh, then maybe the story of salvation is wrong. And so that's why it is so imperative uh, that um, we stand against uh, evolution. Uh, but you will notice that we haven't heard much about evolution lately. Uh, this topic uh, of uh, critical race theory uh, it has the same potential uh, of undermining everything uh, we believe about uh, about uh, about salvation uh, about sin uh, about human relationships um, it is a it, it is a theory uh, straight from hell uh, and I, I I've, I've, I've struggled with this uh, for two weeks. Satan has done everything he possibly could uh, to get me to, to not do this this morning. Um, from trying to convince me I wasn't qualified, and I'm not. Uh, from uh, knowing that uh, our services, uh, as you know, we... We go out on the internet to the world uh, that I'm going to be labeled as a racist. Anybody who knows me knows I'm not. Uh, and, um, and, and as I said two weeks ago, you can oppose critical race theory and not be a racist. Um, or, or for that matter, uh, in, to my understanding, uh, if you, in many ways, if you really espouse the idea uh, of critical race, it almost, uh, it almost turns you in uh, to a racist because it divides people uh, into groups. And you may have not heard of this. Uh, I don't know. I'm just curious. How many of you have heard on news anywhere about this thing of critical race theory? Okay, a handful of you. 
Um, and, uh, and so, but, but I will tell you, uh, it is slowly but surely creeping in and beginning to dominate uh, the talk uh, and our culture. Uh, it has been discussed at local school boards. Uh, it has been discussed at the state school board. It has been st- discussed in state legislatures. Um, it is, uh, it's coming to a uh, school near you. Uh, right now, it is uh, it, it is uh, not allowed to be taught in school. Uh, but you and I both know uh, that um, if a uh, as the as our young teachers come through the colleges where it is being taught, where it originated, uh, that as they come back into the school system and begin to teach, they may it may not be in the curriculum, but it will influence. They're teaching. Uh, And so it's coming somewhere near you. In fact, this last week, it was discussed in the U.S. Senate uh, in a hearing with the Joint Chiefs of Staff of the military of the United States. That's how prevalent uh, this issue uh, is uh, is becoming uh, in uh, our uh, society. And I'm going to... Uh, uh, this is not really a, a sermon this morning. This is a lecture more than anything else. Uh, and it's going to take me a while. Uh, hold on to your Bible. I'll get there, okay? Uh, but i got to tell you, since there were only a handful of you uh, who raised your hand saying you have ever even heard uh, of critical race. Uh, and, and so I need to spend a little time uh, explaining it so you'll understand uh, the danger... Uh, of uh, of what go what what it is. Uh, it really came to the forefront uh, two years ago in Birmingham uh, in the Southern Baptist Church. Every year at the Southern Baptist Convention, they uh, pass or try to pass uh, resolutions. Um, generally speaking, uh, anytime I'm at uh, either the state convention, when when they start the resolutions, that is when I go to the restroom. Uh, and if you don't know what I mean by resolutions, that's when somebody stands up and says, whereas, 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 be it resolved, be it resolved, and that's what it sounds like to me. Uh, you know, uh, and like I said, that is a excellent time. Uh, you know, I look at the, the agenda for the, for the meeting and I schedule my bathroom breaks and my snack breaks and resolutions is one of those times. Uh, but I'm just being honest. Uh, but two years ago in Birmingham, there was a resolution came to the floor. Resolution number nine. And they are non-binding on anybody, but it's just a statement uh, of, uh, of what we say we believe. Again, the, the group the, the, that is gathered there representing all the Baptist church, Southern Baptist churches, votes to approve that statement. And resolution number nine came to the floor. And among other things, and I'm not going to read the whole be it resolved whereas stuff to you, but I'm going to read the clause to you uh, that caused all the, the debate for the last two years. It says, whereas critical race theory and intersectionality alone are insufficient to diagnose and redress the root causes of the social ills that identify which from result which result from sin. And here is the line that of all of it caused all the grief. Yet these analytical tools can aid in evaluating a variety of human experiences. 
And that statement set off a firestorm that is honestly still brewing uh, in many places in in, uh, Southern Baptist life. Because that statement says uh, that while, and and I'm going to paraphrase the way I read it and understand it. The people who wrote it or someone else says that we believe the problem is sin, but critical race theory is a valuable tool in looking at things. And that set off a group of people, myself included, who says, no, it's not a valuable tool. It's useless. It's the work of the devil. Uh, has no place uh, in, in anything we do. Uh, it, it doesn't. Now, let me say this. Uh, our seminaries and colleges, they do need to teach what critical race is so that we can defend uh, against it, just as we need to talk about evolution. Because if you talk about evolution, it falls apart. Uh, if you talk about critical race long, most people will go, well, that's just dumb. Uh, you know, and, and so that's what I want to do today. You know, it, it's a lot of times when you shine light on things, it, you know, that's when it falls apart. So this year in Nashville, in an attempt to correct uh, what was done, uh, a new resolution was brought forward that said this. And again, I'm not going to read you the whole thing. Whereas God has reconciled us through himself, him, to Himself through Christ Jesus and has given us the ministry of reconciliation... And whereas the Baptist faith and message states Christians should oppose racism, be it resolved that the messengers uh, affirm the sufficiency of Scripture on race and racial reconciliation. And we reaffirm our agreement with historic, biblically faithful Southern Baptist condemnation of racism in all forms. Can I get an amen right there? That we reject any theory or worldview that finds the ultimate identity of human beings in ethnicity or in any other group dynamic. That we reject any theory or worldview that sees the primary problem of humanity as anything other than sin against God. And the ultimate solution as anything other than redemption found only in Christ. And be it further resolved, we therefore reject any theory or worldview that denies that racism, oppression, or discrimination is rooted in anything other than sin. That statement to me says what needs to be said. There are those who are still unhappy who wanted him to specifically say that critical race theory is the problem. The writers uh, of this resolution said no. So we don't want to call out critical race specifically because it's critical race tomorrow. It'll be something else the next day. We want to say that anything that says anything other than sin is the problem, we don't care what you call it, is wrong. We want to say that the only answer is Scripture and God's plan and any other plan is wrong. And so this resolution uh, was passed. 
Again, there are still some who are unhappy, uh, and so you may hear this um, in the news about Southern Baptist and Wonder. Uh, again, it's coming to a school near you. It's going to begin to influence our politics uh, and our government. And so this morning, uh, I want to try as, uh, as much as possible in the short time I have allotted to me uh, to address uh, this issue uh, that has caused and is causing so much <coughs> uh, division uh, and, uh, and problems. It is a huge issue in, in our colleges, not, not necessarily the Baptist colleges, but just in the uh, college system. It actually mainly uh, come up in the colleges. And, and so there's several terms uh, that I need to, to define for you this morning that are all part uh, of, this, uh, of this movement uh, that, uh, that we uh, are talking about this morning. Let's go ahead and, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, as much as possible, define critical race theory. Um, you may hear it labeled as CRT, or you may hear it labeled as critical theory. Critical theory is technically something different. Critical theory is the root of critical race theory. Critical theory came from Karl Marx. Um, and we pretty much reject everything Marxist, Marxism, we pretty much reject all of that. Karl Marx theory, critical theory, says there are only two groups of people. The oppressed and the oppressor. You're in one of those two groups. You're either an oppressor or you are the oppressed. Okay? Let me just point out to those of you in here this morning who are believers that if you can't already see the flaws in a system that comes from something that says there are only two groups, the oppressed and the oppressor, you need to open your eyes. I believe there are only two groups. But there are, those two groups are defined by Scripture as the wheat and the chaff. The believer and the unbeliever. Those are the two groups in society. But that was critical theory from Karl Marx. What has happened, and this has been around probably for since the, around the middle 70s, I believe. Uh, but it has just slowly... Like fungus began, there's a fungus among us, okay? Uh, it has just slowly began to creep and to spread. And what happened was there was a college professor who took critical theory and took it a step further to critical race theory. Critical race theory says that there are the oppressed and the oppressor. Now, where critical race theory uh, differs from a written, and both of them are wrong, just critical race theory takes it a step further. Critical race theory begins to break us apart into all kinds of groups. Breaks us apart by race, breaks us apart by religion, it breaks us apart by gender, which is a huge problem because in our society today, uh, we no longer have just two genders. We've got about 80 according to, uh, to the knuckleheads who do that kind of thing. 
It breaks us apart uh, by our socioeconomic standards. It breaks us apart uh, by every possible uh, little, uh, little means uh, that it can, rather uh, than your individual responsibility for acts of oppression. There are oppressors in our society. There are oppressors in our world. We have seen that in governments. Use one that has really, in the last 20 years, stood out in America. Saddam Hussein was an oppressor. Okay? Osama bin Laden was an oppressor. I label him as an oppressor not because of his skin color, not because of his gender, not because of his nationality, but because they both were murderous beasts. They, that's what made them oppressors. Not their nationality, not their gender, not their religion. You say, wait a minute, what about... There are Muslims who are not killers. Being a Muslim doesn't necessarily make you an oppressor. Being an oppressor makes you an oppressor. But critical race theory says that you are basically born either as an oppressor or as the oppressed. And critical race theory, as it goes on, and we find again, we define our, we the Christians define life in the terms of Adam and Christ. You're either in Adam or you're in Christ. You're either a sinner or you're not. Not critical race. Critical race theory defines uh, human beings, uh, again, either as oppressed um, or oppressors. And they, uh, again, we are defined by, we are defined by the free grace of God, by salvation, uh, the acceptance of salvation, or the rejection of salvation. Not by your race, not by your gender. You can be Baptist and be an oppressor. You can be, you know, or, or, or not. You know, it's, again, that, that's not uh, what defines you. Now, critical race, and here's where some of you uh, may not like what I'm about to say, but I didn't write this theory. I'm just defining it. At the top of the oppressor level, is, generally speaking, it is the white, Christian, heterosexual male. Uh, uh, and let me go on and add one cl- who classifies himself and identifies as a male. I didn't know I got to choose. I, 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 you know, but anyway, that is the top level of oppression. If you are a white, Christian, heterosexual male, attracted to females, and call yourself a boy, you got to be specific in the world we live in, then you are an oppressor. Not because of anything you have done or not done, but because you are a white, Christian, heterosexual, call yourself a boy, drawn to girls, male. 
you are an oppressor, according to critical race theory. I hope you can begin to see the danger of this um, this theory. Again, even though, let me point out, white, heterosexual, Christian males who are attracted to women who call themselves boys are far from being the majority in Western society. You take that little slice of society, we're probably the minority. But that group is considered by automatically to be, uh, again, that to be oppressors. Critical race theory teaches that that group exercises their control of authority through the court system, through the legal system. That's where you've heard the phrase systemic racism. That that, that group, the oppressors, manipulate society by controlling the systems to oppress everybody else, to take away their rights and to rob them uh, of their rights. And critical race uh, uh, rejects the idea of objective truth. There is no truth. We that, that the oppressor uses truth to continue to oppress is their theory. That's what this theory says. If you're not confused yet, give me a minute. It gets worse. You've probably heard enough already. Um, Because critical race goes on to say that because white males, because white men have the most power in society, um, the system is designed to keep them in power. We have, because we are in power, we have designed systems to keep us in power, is critical race theory. Um, and so, critical race says that it is intentional. It, it, it is something that we have designed into society, um, and that they are, again, not independent acts. It's not something that an individual white man does. It is part of society. We have designed the system to keep everybody else down. And because we have designed the system in that way, we don't see the oppression. That is, uh, again, part of the whole issue. Because the system benefits the white man, he does. He continues. He, he continues to feed and build that system. We have been blinded by our oppressive system. Is the thought of critical race? Now, just so those of you who may not fit into that group. I just said the white Christian heterosexual male who calls himself a boy who likes women is the main oppressor. 
Don't think that all of you are not oppressors. <laughs> There's other groups of oppressors. There, 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 there are multiple groups uh, that uh, are, uh, are there. And so the, the, the genders, the social races, the ethnic groups, minorities, anybody who stands to gain from the system can be labeled as an oppressor. You can be Hindu, you can be African American, you can be Indian, you can be something other than a, than, than a white Christian male. And if you do something that is labeled as oppressor, as oppressive, you are now in the oppressive group. That's critical race. That's the, the, the beauty of critical race, if you are a proponent is you can use it pretty much however you want to, whenever you want to, and you can throw it around because here's the way critical race is designed. Because I am oppressed and you are not, then you don't understand what it means to be oppressed, and so you can't speak to it. I get to tell you what oppressed is. You can't tell me about being oppressed because you're not oppressed. You're one of the oppressors. And so I can define it. I can say that's oppressive. You don't have a right to say anything about it. If I say to CD, the way you're sitting right now oppresses me. He can't say that because I'm the oppressed. I get to explain. I get to define what oppressed is. So how do you argue with a theory built like that? Critical race theory. It is... The devil on wheels coming to a neighborhood near you. Critical race leads then to a second term, and you may have heard it um, in that resolution a moment ago. It's called intersectionality. And that is just a big fancy word to say, how many ways are you oppressed? It divides people into all kinds of little groups. For example, a white man doesn't understand oppression the way an African-American man would understand oppression. Who doesn't understand oppression the way an African-American female would understand oppression. Who doesn't understand oppression the way a homosexual African-American female would understand oppression, who doesn't understand oppression the way a homosexual Muslim African-American female would understand oppression. And so every little area that you could be oppressed in, the more of those you fall in. If you're a... Um, uh, 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 homosexual, African-American, female, with a handicap. Um, I can't even think of some of the other things that may... The more of those groups you fall in, the more oppressed you are, and the more you get to say what oppression is. If Melissa as a white female feels oppressed. Her voice is not as important 
as an African-American female. Neither of their opinions is as important as an African-American homosexual female. You see our intersection? The more groups you label with, the more authority, more authority you have to speak in society. Which basically means if you are a white Christian, heterosexual, likes girls, calls yourself a boy, male, keep your mouth shut. Because you don't have any authority. You have no right to speak on anything because the system is all rigged for you. That's intersectionality. It lays us out into all uh, of these little groups. Uh, again, it, it, it describes how all your identity intersects with each other. All the things that you have that you could be oppressed are put into a pot, uh, and, and therefore um, you have uh, that gives you your moral authority in society. Not because you're right. Not because you're telling the truth, but because you have, quote, more moral authority than that group. So the more groups you identify with, the more your voice is heard in uh, intersexuality uh, and, and uh, critical race. Which leads to somebody asked me the other week when we walked out the door, uh, when I said I was going to speak on this, to this. Those two things lead us to this phrase. Now, all of you, I'm sure, have heard the phrase, woke. You know what? You've heard woke, right? You had not heard about being woke? Well, praise the Lord, you're in better shape. That is how, if a... if <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, if a... If that white... It's a heterosexual Christian male who calls himself a boy who likes girls wants to gain moral authority. The only way he can do that is to become woke. Now, I know some of you thought you woke up this morning. That's not what woke means in this society. Those that are part of the oppressors they gain moral authority by giving it to the oppressed. Have you seen any of these things on television where you would see people kissing other people's feet? Where have y'all been? You see it on the news where, where these groups of people come out and kiss other people's feet to give they're giving they're woke they're giving away their authority as the oppressor that's what it means to be woke which leads to cancel culture you have heard of cancel culture right cancel culture means if you're not woke we're going to get rid of you to put it simple anybody who doesn't go along you get canceled You've seen it happen repeatedly on television. You see shows taken off the air. You've seen um, people taken out of their roles in, you know, sportscasters and newscasters who got canceled 
That's cancel culture. I, you know, depending on who watches our video, who hears us online today, I will get canceled. Okay. That's cancel culture. Now, even some Christians are taking the side of critical race theory and intersectionality. Because Jesus was opposed to oppression, we should be opposed to oppression. Amen. I agree. I agree. We should be opposed to oppression. But critical theory and intersectionality do not align with God's method for dealing with oppression. They are not how God uh, would deal with it. Critical race breaks people down into categories, into racial groups, into ethnic groups, into gender groups, into social groups, into you name it. And you don't have to be a Bible scholar to know that is not God's plan. That is not God's plan. In any way, shape, nor form is that God's plan. The Bible says that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe. That's God's plan. It's not about race and gender and all those other things that uh, we have, uh, that critical race tends to do. Some, that no group is more privileged than the other. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I don't care if you're white, red, yellow, polka dotted. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all, regardless of our race, regardless of our color, regardless of our ethnicity, regardless of our background, you come to know you will find your way into heaven because you accepted Jesus Christ. Not because of what category or class society assigned to you. Christ died for all. Not one race, not one gender, but He died for the world. And ultimately, the, the flaw of critical race is that, uh, again, it's trying to address issues that human systems cannot address. The only thing that will change a man's heart towards another person's race or gender or ethnicity is the saving grace of Jesus Christ. These, these companies sending their people to culture awareness classes and those kind of things, I'm not saying they're useless, but I'm saying ultimately the only thing that changes, the Bible says the heart is wicked. And the only thing that will change a man's heart towards those he hates, the only thing that will take hate out of a person's heart is not a theory, it is not 
a, uh, a, a class in college. It is the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. That's it. And critical race attempts to do something it's not qualified to do. Let me tell you real quickly, in case you haven't seen it, let me define very specifically what's wrong with critical race. First of all, critical race is a theory uh, that offers a different view of humanity than Christianity. It offers a different view of humanity than Christianity. It offers a view of humanity based on, again, intersectionality. Whichever one of those groups or however many of those groups you fall into. Christianity views humanity as lost in need of saving. That's how God sees humanity. That's how God sees you. God doesn't see you as red and yellow, black or white. God sees you as a soul that needs saving. God sees you as a sinner that needs to be redeemed. God sees you as someone He loved and sent His Son to die for you. He doesn't see skin color. He doesn't see how much melanin you have in your skin. He doesn't care if you're male or female. He only cares about one thing, and that is your eternal soul. And critical race tries to see you in an entirely different way. It sees humanity based on a set of world systems, on a, on a division. Again, back to that uh, intersectionality. Christianity sees everyone in this room, everyone on this earth, as being a man created in the image of God. And can I let me just drop something in for free there? This time, high time in 2021 for the church of Jesus Christ to start seeing humanity that way as well. Some of you may not realize it, but the Southern Baptist Convention was born in racism, it was born as a way to defend slavery. It's time that the church of Jesus Christ realize. That all man, regardless of their race and their gender, was created in the image of God. And Christ died for all of them. Critical race seeks to destroy that and tear that down and, and do something else. Genesis tells us that God created man in His own image. Regardless. Second error or problem with... And, and there's many. I'm just choosing a couple this morning. The second, the, the most pertinent to our conversation. The second error of critical race. First of all, it sees humanity different than Christianity. Second of all, Christian uh, critical race sees sin different than Christianity. Critical race defines sin as being an oppressor. Well, oppression is a sin... If you're oppressing somebody because of their skin color, because of their religion, because of their gender, it's a sin. But that's not the only sin. That's a sin because it goes against the will of God. The word sin, the words that are used there, means missing the mark. It doesn't matter how you miss the mark, but if you miss the mark. And critical race defines sin as, uh, as something completely different. For example... 
Because of critical race, critical race would see what I'm doing right now as being a sin. Because I'm up here lecturing you, I'm oppressing you. Therefore, I'm a sinner. Discipleship, where you take a new convert and help them grow in their faith, that's oppressive. Because you've put yourself up here and them down here. That's a sin. Evangelism, witnessing, is a sin. Because you went out and you've said to somebody, you're lost, you need Jesus, I'm saved, you're not, I'm, I, I'm ahead of you, you are now an oppressor. And so evangelism is a sin. Critical race sees sin completely different uh, than, uh, than, than, uh, than, than the Scripture does. Critical race, it gets worse. I should have put seatbelts on the seats this morning. It gets worse. Critical race sees anger and jealousy and bitterness, things that the Bible clearly says are sin. Critical race theory says they're okay. If you are oppressed, you have a right to be angry. If you are oppressed, you have a right to be jealous. If you're oppressed, you have a right to be bitter. It's not a sin. (laughs) What God says, but it's what critical race says. Critical race redefines sin in in a person's life. Um, And because critical race gets the problem wrong, they get the answer wrong. Critical race not only sees humanity wrong, sees sin wrong, but ultimately critical race sees salvation wrong. Critical race does not see salvation as coming through Jesus Christ. Now, listen to me. Listen real carefully. You're not going to hear a critical race theorist stand up and just blatantly say that. Okay? You're going to have to study critical race and put the pieces together to understand there's no way you can believe and practice critical race and believe in salvation through Jesus Christ. Critical race theory, salvation comes. Um, let me back up. Just let me make this clear. According to Scripture, we're all equally guilty of sin. The Bible says all of sin and come short of the glory of God. We're all sinners, according to Scripture. We're all equally guilty. We're all born sinners. We're all born destined for hell. Every one of us. Red and yellow, black and white, male, female. Every one of us. Born lost. Born into sin, the Bible says. And salvation is only found in Jesus Christ. That's Scripture. Our hope, our only hope, is found in forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Critical race would have you believe that your only hope is, well, let me back up. Only oppressors are guilty to start with. 
Only oppressors are guilty, not the oppressed. And the only way an oppressor can be found is not through repentance, not through redemption, not through salvation. The only way an oppressor can be can be um, set free and saved is through activism. You got to give up your authority. If you are a judge, give up being a judge. And start being working for the Salvation Army or something. If you're in a position of authority, give it up. That's the only way. Get out of that position. And so, critical race, and that's just three quick ones. There's a lot more I could go into. Sees humanity different, sees sin different, and because they see those two things different, they see salvation different. Listen. I want you to know this morning, again, this year in Nashville, the Southern Baptist Convention, I shared with you earlier, adopted this statement. We affirm the sufficiency of Scripture on race and reconciliation. We reject any theory or any worldview that sees the primary problem of humanity as anything other than sin against God. Folks, that needs to be our marching orders in this rotten world. That needs to be our decision in this rotten world. Now, it's taken me a while, but I want to get to some Scripture for a moment. I've wallowed in the sewer long enough. I want to get out, and I want to finish up this morning with some Scripture. What does the Bible say about race? Let me give you a few passages. Romans chapter 2 verse 12 says this. For there is no respecter of persons with God. That ought to sum up, that ought to clear up any racial question we have in the world today. If there is no respecter of persons with God, there should be no respecter of persons with man. Regardless of their race, their gender, their nationality, no respecter of persons. Galatians chapter 3 verse 28 says, There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free, neither male nor female. We are all one in Christ Jesus. Let me dig out for you. One last one out of the Old Testament. Malachi says, Have we not all one Father? He has not one God created us. Why are we faithless to one another, profaning the covenant of our fathers? Gospel of John says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. If you got your Bibles with you, your phone, your tablet... Turn with me to the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 7. I know I've been long this morning, but this I, I, I'm telling you, I believe it's going to get more important as we go along. 
Revelation chapter 7. John's describing what he saw. And he says this in verse 9. After this I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number. From every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages. Standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hand. Crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. I saw a great number of every tribe and every people and every language and every nation gathered. Folks, there's no place for racism in the life of a Christian. It doesn't belong. It doesn't belong. I want us to be a Revelation 7 church. I want us to be a Revelation 7 people that loves all nations, all tongues, all languages, all people equally. Jesus Christ died on the cross for every one of them. Salvation doesn't come by being woke. Salvation doesn't come by giving away your moral authority. Salvation comes through Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us in 1 John that He was the propitiation the gift, the sacrifice for our sins. And not just ours, but for the sin of the whole world. Folks, we've got to stand against this God-awful theory. We've got to stand against this, this, this teaching that's coming straight from the pits of hell. To do nothing but divide us. To do nothing but further... Listen, this doesn't bring... Lack of racism and lack of prejudice, it brings prejudice. It brings division. Its very nature is division. Figure out which one of those groups you belong in. Doesn't Listen, the only group you need to figure out if you are in is whether or not you're in the number that have accepted Christ. That's, you know, that's the number you need to know. That's the group you need to know about. Folks, the world is doing everything it can to divide and conquer. To sow little bits of seeds of sin and doubt in our young people. You know, I can remember when my kids were young and we'd go to school. I've embarrassed Rhonda more than once and I've put more than one school teacher on the spot. Because I'd walk in... And we'd go to that open house at the first of the year, and I did two things that would embarrass my wife beyond belief. They'd hand you all that paperwork, and I'd go through them to see if I qualified for free lunch. Or if my kids did. You quit that. I said, if they giving it, I'm taking it. You know, sign me up. You know, I, you know, she'd slap my hand tell me, put them papers down. You're embarrassing me. And the second thing I'd do was when that teacher came over and sat down and got a chance to talk to her, I'd say, I want to know what you're teaching about evolution. I'd put them on the spot right then, right there. Didn't care how many people were in the room. I want to know. I don't care if you teach evolution as a theory. But I want to know what you're going to be teaching. 
How do you teach evolution? Folks, if I had a young child in school today, if I had a grandchild in school today, I'd corner me a school teacher, and I'd say, I want to know where you stand on critical race. I want to know, right here, right now, where you stand on critical race. Because it will undermine everything you are trying to teach your child about love one another, treat everybody fairly, treat everybody equally. It is the work of the devil to divide us. And ultimately, it is the work of the devil to keep people out of heaven. Because it's going to teach them that they can be saved by not being an oppressor. It's just another way of teaching. You can be saved by works. You can't be saved by works. You can only be saved by the grace of God. That's the only way. This morning I want to ask you to bow your heads. As our musicians come, I want to challenge you this morning, Christians all over this room, to kneel where you are, Come and kneel here at the front and say, God, help us. But can I challenge you to pray this prayer first? God, help me. Remove any racist, prejudice, divisive thoughts from my heart. Folks, listen, I'm a, y'all know me by now. You know I don't know much way to be, but just blunt. Most of us were raised, most of us in here today were raised in the South. We were raised with a lot of ideas that carried over from our ancestors. Let's confess them we get rid of them. We sing, Jesus loves the little children of the world, red and yellow, black and white then let us do the same thing. Pray, Lord, for our young people. I would challenge you this morning to look around and find some of our school-age kids and go and stand with them and pray over them. Promise to continue to pray for them. They're the ones who are really going to be confronted with this garbage. You and I are too old, too set in our ways to be changed much. But our children, our grandchildren, they're going to have to face this garbage. It's going to affect their society as they grow older. Most of all, this morning, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, if you're trying to get to heaven through anything other than Jesus Christ, I want you to come and let me show you from God's Word how you can really be saved. You can't get to heaven because you quit oppressing. You can't get to heaven because you're not a racist. You can only get to heaven through the blood of Jesus Christ. Would you come this morning? Father, we thank you this morning. God, and I pray that you'll take my stumbling words this morning as I've tried to tackle what I believe you led me to this morning, God. Got a difficult... So anytime we get to talking about race and racism, Lord, people get, get a little antsy. God, we believe it's wrong. We believe critical race theory is not the way to solve it. 
God, I pray, Lord, that you'll make us strong, make us warriors for the truth. God, for the one in here this morning that's struggling and dealing with racism, God, pray, Lord, that they'd lay it down. God, that they'd trust you to help them with it. God, for our young people, pray, Lord, for strength for them. But most of all, Lord, if there's somebody watching online, somebody in this room who doesn't know Christ, who's never asked Him into their heart, that they're trying to get into heaven by anything other than 